Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, San Marcos, and you are listening to this edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Jordan Young. Joining me today is Gay Sutton and my boy, John Carlo. Um, before we get started with the show, John Carlo, how about you read an ad from our sponsors? Kicks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, and scenic views. All right, thank you, John Carlos. Today for you guys, we have a good show. But for first, we're gonna get started with some text, or some some San Marcos girls basketball. Um, John Carlos, me and you were at the game. Tell me, tell us about the game. Obviously, it was a blowout, and we'll get to the events at the end later today. But tell me how you thought the girls performed. Oh, the girls. Oh well, they closed out and they uh beat, you know. Atkins real bad, and it was a great performance, definitely for the seniors as their senior night. It was great to see, you know, everyone just having fun for the beginning of the game um, and just performing out, you know, having a good time, being, you know, their senior night, other underclassmen, you know, enjoying, you know, what they'll uh, get to see in the future. So it was definitely good to see and exciting. It was good basketball, um, three-pointers, you know, offense running smooth, you know, coaches were loving it, the fans were loving it. So it was definitely good to see. No, it was a really exciting game, and me and John Carlo got to interview um, Coach Jermaine Irvin um, during halftime, and he said in these types of games, because obviously even before halftime, they already had a 25-point lead, he said in these types of games, he just wants to um, teach the little things, he wants to get his team prepared for Lake Travis and Westlake, and in the third quarter, that is really what they did, they were working on the small things, um, they came out fire, I remember I went to go edit the video, and I came back, and they already had 20 points up, and I was like, guys, what happened? He was like, well, bro, they just went fire from the three-point line, they made th- um, six straight threes right there so they really were working on their fundamentals um but you know going to the end of the game obviously it was 78 to 9 heading up until like four minutes left in the fourth quarter and there's a little altercation there obviously you never really want to see that and it is unfortunate because it is going to have some implications on the season because um i gage you want to say oh yeah i was just going to say i wasn't at the game last night but heard about what happened and uh, saw the comments from Coach Walsh, and it's looking like there are going to be some suspensions coming out for players. Do you want to read his statement? Yeah, I can actually read it. Uh, It's real disappointing in a 40-point game that it ends in the fashion it did. It's real embarrassing. No matter who's at fault or what the video shows, it's embarrassing, and we're going to evaluate and make decisions. There will be a UIL decision, and there will be a local decision. It'll be quick and swift. And like you were just mentioning, Jordan, I mean – it's a little. It's an altercation that happened last night, and we're we're gonna see the repercussions of it all over the school, and most importantly with the girls' basketball team because they might be missing some of their best players for their upcoming game, which is a playoff game. So, I mean, you know, you, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess, in, in this situation. You know, I mean, you go out there and you play really hard, you blow out a team that you're supposed to blow out, and then. I mean, you know, things get a little bit out of hand, and now you're just going to have to try to figure something out. I don't think things should have gotten to that point, but you just got to kind of roll with it. 
And, you know, for those athletes, because I think we, we all play sports in here. I know my senior night, actually, we had something similar like this happen, my senior night for football. And in those things, like senior nights are just highly emotional. It's your last home game. Um, you don't know if you you don't know if you're ever going to be able to play basketball. Obviously, the girls' team will because they have Lake Travis and West, like in the playoffs. But those games were really highly emotional, and it was already really chirpy. We're going to get to the boys' team here in a minute, and they were chirping back and forth. Um, I think sometimes we forget that these kids do know each other. Social media is a thing. They are not strangers. They talk to each other. They talk back and forth. Um, there is some personal relationships there, and so when these moments happen, you just have to reflect and like. Like Coach Wall said, um, it is disappointing. You never want to see it happen. But I am intrigued to see um, what suspensions come down the pike. And um, if you guys mind just speculating a little bit, um, how do you think these suspensions are going to affect this team? They have Westlake and Lake Travis coming up, and then they have playoffs. Um, I don't know how long um, UIL suspensions can last, but if it's three, four games, that's going to put them in a real tough spot. Well, regardless, I mean, you know, the playoffs are never easy. You can't just go in and assume you're going to win your first game off the bat either. I mean, this could affect them right away. And assuming that these are important players or seniors on this team, then this is this could be the make or break situ like situation that ends their season. I mean, if you really think about it, if if one of their best play if one of the girls basketball team's best players was on the court for that fight last night and was involved in it, you get suspended. You're done for the season. I mean, yeah. you, I don't, I don't see, I don't see a lot of, a lot of situations where you go into the first round of the playoffs and beat another team without your best player. It's a tough, div it's a tough district too. I mean, we've talked about it all season about how Lake Travis and Westlake dominate this district, and below that, it doesn't get any easier. So, I, I guess we'll just have to see. Everyone in the district knows about this game and what happened, and they are happy to see it. Because, I mean, suspensions and, and, you know, the events that happened last night, you're going in the playoffs and you're looking and you see that the team does something like that. It's, it gives your team, you know, wherever, you know, like the Westlakes and all them, it gives them confidence going in to the playoffs. It gives them confidence. It says that we, we, can, we can rile them up. We can get a win. Yeah, we can rattle them. We can get them off their game, and that's the thing. It's is like such an important point. I'm so glad you brought that up because, like, you, like y'all were just about to talk about there. That is that is now a mental thing that somebody knows that they can try to unlock in you. Is that oh, sometimes your emotions can get the best of you, and as athletes, you just have to remember to keep that under wraps. I know, like I said earlier, in, in highly emotional games, it's really hard. It's so hard. It, so, yeah. It's almost impossible yeah. to like maintain. The thing is, if you really love sports and you have a passion for it. You're gonna be emotional. You're gonna be. You're gonna have a reaction to certain things, but it's the way that you handle it once the reaction happens. And things weren't handled the right way. They're kids. Mistakes happen, but unfortunately, the team's gonna have to see the consequences. And we're just gonna have to see where it goes from there. And we'll keep you updated here on KTSW. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram for uh, updates on that. So yeah, again. To all, if any of the San Marcos girls basketball team is listening to this, don't let this define your season. Don't let this define your career. Um, you guys are what are between 14 and 18 years old. This does not define your life. You'll move on to go on to better things. But moving on to a team that is they're hot right now. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do for the remainder of this season. Obviously, they got two games left, just like the Lady Rattlers and playoffs coming up next. Gage, you were actually at the game. So tell us how it was being in there. Well, I'm talking about the San Marcos Rattlers boys basketball team taking on the Aikens Eagles last night in Austin, and it was a pretty good game for the Rattlers. They came out pretty strong and were leading the game for 
for the majority of the game, they were winning about by about 20 points. And we kind of saw that chippiness, obviously not to the level that we saw in the girls' basketball game, but there was definitely some chattering on the court. We saw Malik Presley get a technical foul on, I'm not sure what it was. I saw him come down after a layup, and uh, the referee hit him with the technical. So, uh, But overall, I think it was just a really great team performance. I think a lot of guys came in and played right away. I mean, shout out to Cash Good, the, fre the only freshman on the varsity team. He had a really good game. Uh, Zaire Jovalet, he didn't have the greatest shooting night, but I saw him come in and make a couple great rebounds, great passes. And I mean, these are young kids. So I, I think to kind of circle this back around to the girls, you just got to be happy with the way that these teams are playing. I mean, you can fix all this stuff off the court here and there, but I mean, you're starting to build that culture. The community is starting to get behind the team. So uh, I understandably, kind of going back to Coach Walsh's statement, you know, you want to get this figure out. You, this shouldn't be something that stops it because, I mean, the girls don't really think about it right now, but this affects everybody. This affects the boys' team too, even though they weren't a part of this. So I don't know. It's uh, th There's kind of a lot going on, but y'all call them? One thing I would say about San Marcos High School basketball and the Rattlers is – you are never going to see a night where they're not hustling and not putting their 100% all and heart on the court, wherever they are, at home in the snake pit or, you know, the visitor's gym. They hustle nonstop. The boys, the girls, I mean, obviously, you know, emotions get riled up last night, but they hustle. And the coaching staff and the culture that's being built and laying the foundation there in San Marcos is it, it's special and it's exciting to see. And that stems from Coach Walsh. Because that stems from Coach Walsh, and that stems from Coach Miller, and that stems from Coach Irwin. Um, but I just would really would go to Coach Walsh. Obviously, he's the main guy, and he hired those guys. When he came here, he wanted to change the program, and he got coaches that also wanted to change the program. Me and Gage had the um, pleasure of interviewing Coach Miller, and his philosophy isn't just to make the varsity good. He wants the JV to be good. He wants the freshman team to be good. He even wants the middle school teams to be good because he knows that if you start young and you get your middle school programs right, your varsity in the future when they're up there is going to be how they are now to continue the success like we have with the West Lakes and the Lake Travises. That's exactly it, Jordan. It's the farm system in high school. And the thing is, that that's where San Marcos has an advantage. And I think that's why you see you know, Coach Walsh come over here from uh, Denton Geyer. Everyone in this area goes to one or two middle schools. So they've been playing together basically their whole lives. So now if you get them on track to, okay, let's start working you, like getting you ready earlier in your life to start playing. And then not only that, but... You got to give I, I always mention him on the broadcast. Coach Thompson for the San Marcos Rattlers does so much to get those guys in shape. I mean, you look at Isaiah DeLeon, the starting quarterback for the team. And now on the basketball team, it was a night and day difference from when he came into the offseason from when the season ended last year. Like it, it's working. These guys are getting a lot better, a lot stronger, a lot bigger. So uh, San Marcos High School. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Clean up the stuff outside, I think. But uh, I, I, you guys, you guys are on the right track. And not to say any names here, but like in some of these games, you can see that sometimes um, the opposing teams kind of coaching staff will be a bit lean. They don't have as many members. And if you look at San Marcos, bench full, even the back row is bench full with coaches. And that's what it takes to have good programs. Like you have to have that strength and conditioning coach. You have to have that scout. You have to have um, that shooting coach that can um, work on your team's um shooting form and stuff like that like you have to have those extra personnel personnel around your team to build that good program and foundation that they're trying to get here in san marcus i just want to say one thing is when a athletic program invests in the little things yep. to whatever sport it is you're going to see results you're going to see championships you're going to see you know accolades personal accolades from players you're going to see a change and, and a good change and an exciting change and 
it's just exciting to see what's happening here in San Marcos. And uh, well, I, I think another organization has done a really good job of doing that, maybe not with one sport, but we'll get to Texas State basketball on the other side of the break. Jordan, do you got something else before we go? Oh, no. You, you don't toss it to break now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, you guys are listening to Bobcat Radio. We'll be back right after this short commercial break. This is Chris Summer from KRLD Radio in Dallas-Fort Worth. You're listening to Bobcat Radio. And we're back with Bobcat Radio. Right now we're going to get to your Tech State Bobcats. Um, Tech State has a game this Thursday against Louisiana Lafayette. And, boys, this team has been re- performing really well. Obviously, we're coming here to the home stretch of the season right now. Uh, who wants us to get it started? Uh let me just start by, I guess, talking about this men, this men's basketball team, and just how much I love watching them play. And I think it starts with Coach Terrence Johnson. I think Coach TJ just does a great job of getting these guys ready to play. They love playing for him. It seems like, and I mean, the thing is, what what I really like about this team is, obviously, we were talking about Caleb Asbury coming into the season and how he was going to take a huge step. But I mean, last week we didn't see a great game from Caleb. But that's okay because everyone else knows that, okay, when one of our guys is down, we're going to help him up with our play. And we saw guys like Drew Drennan step up. We saw guys like Nigel Caesar step in. Like, I mean, I'm just really proud of the, of these guys and got to give a huge shout-out to Mason Harrell, too. Might be one of the best point guards or actually is the best point guard in this conference. That is a really important point that um, Gage brings up about um, Mason Harrell not performing um, too well uh, last week. Because to me, that shows what both these teams have in common, the Tech State boys team and the girls team. They can win under any circumstances. If one of their leaders isn't doing well, another player will step up and they will, can still get the um, get the win. If they're down by an 0-2, 0-10 deficit like they were against Coastal Carolina, somehow, someway, they will scratch and claw and find a win to win. And that is what championship teams have to do. And the Sunbelt men's team, they come out, they came out earlier in the season before the season started, and they said that they want to get to the Sunbelt Conference Championship. They couldn't do it last year, couldn't do it the season before, and this is their year, and that has been their goal the enti- all season long. And if they keep playing the way they've been playing, being able to claw and crack, um, scratch and get these wins out in any type of fashion, they will get to that conference championship brick by brick the famous words of coach tj that is the foundation and and the the motto you know the the words to live by in the texas state men's program and i was able to talk to shelby adams uh, for a personal interview and he said the same thing you know coach tj brick by brick guy and being coached by coach tj you know they love they love him they they have a relationship with him you know he's he can call you know answer their calls you know talk to them there's chemistry with this team and it's exciting to see you see it there on the floor you see it anyone's having a bad game you know they're they're picking each other up it's it's great to see absolutely and I mean this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about the San Marcos high school I mean you start with your head coach but I think the rest of the coaching staff has done a really good job of preparing these guys to play against certain players and certain teams and certain looks on defense too so uh, overall, you just got to be really happy about it. And I guess from a more broad look at Texas State basketball, I'm just really excited about the future of this program. I mean, Coach TJ, I think he knows just as well as Coach Miller does that, you know, this isn't the only season he's going to be in San Marcos, that this is a long-term rebuild. And, I mean, Coach TJ has already gotten them to the tournament, got them a Sunbelt Conference championship. Unfortunately, didn't get to the NCAA tournament, but that's the goal this year. And... I'm, I'm just excited. I mean, you also think about their recruiting, too. I mean, they're going out and taking a look at Caden Gums from San Marcos High School. Could you imagine if he came to Texas State? I mean, you continue building 
through the community, and I just think it's really great. I think Texas State basketball is definitely on the right track. And speaking about the basketball program broadly again, uh, we have Coach Yonder Taylor of the women's basketball team. Uh, Gage, I know you love to talk about her because she is a strong leader, just like Coach Miller, uh, just like Coach Walls, and just like the coach of the uh, men's team. I just His name just escaped me. I can't believe he just did. Uh, but she's a, she leads this women's team, too, and they, just like the uh, guys' team, they win in so many different ways. They they have um, Taylor and uh, Janiah. They both can score points, and they but they can also win defensively. So talk about the women's team. Okay, so, I mean, I was at the game on Saturday, and first off, Kennedy Taylor, we talked about it on the podcast. She was amazing, and when you talk about a point guard in the truest form, that's Kennedy Taylor. She's just got amazing court vision, can see the pass down the court, make that pass, and then not only that, but her hesitation, her little get to the basket and then pass it out is just so smooth. No one can guard it. And... The thing is, with this team, like we mentioned with the men's basketball team, everyone else steps up. Uh, I think Danasia Hood probably had one of her worst games of the season. Uh, yeah, didn't, she did. didn't shoot very well, but uh, everyone else picked it up. I mean, you had to get you had to get some other shots from uh, Jada Johnson and from uh, you, you had, uh, I apologize, uh, Ja'Kayla Bowie and uh, just a bunch of other players stepping up. So I, I really like the direction that the women's team is headed to. I think their conference is a little bit tougher than the men's, but I guess we'll see. I mean, tournament time, anything can happen. And, uh, you know, what? I'm so glad that I get to go to Texas State and be living this area in this moment right now. Because if we would have came, if I would have came to Texas State a few years before, and let's say I graduated two years ago, you probably never really got to experience the high school and Texas State have really good athletics programs. But now we do. We have a good basketball program here at Texas State. Obviously, you have San Marcos out there. It's a new era in San Marcos. Um, the football team made it to the playoffs. Both the basketball teams are going to make it to the playoffs this year. The, the energy in this town and in this community is just different. We, you, I feel like we can all see that. San Marcos and Texas State, are we are about to become a powerhouse in athletics. It might not be in the sports that we all want it to be in, but we are going to be in a powerhouse in athletics. And that's what we were talking about on the podcast yesterday. If you guys haven't checked it out, listen to the Close to the Wall podcast on KTSW Sports. It's really awesome. But uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I like that little plug. Uh, but honestly, I think really what it boils down to is just like the community. I think having so many students in here who love sports and, you know, coming out and supporting their peers uh, is really important. So uh, I think there's some a lot of Texas State students who are probably upset that the football team isn't very good but that's okay because some school not every school can be a football school if texas state finds its identity as a basketball school i mean you they're already packing the stands they're already making it super loud and strahan now you can kind of start getting into those like you know those really cool traditions and the cool chance that all you see all these big sec teams have that's what Texas State's on their way to. But, you know, there's got to be a constant support from the community. And so far this season, it's been steady for both sides. Real quick before you go, John Carlo, if we become, if we can become the Duke or Kentucky of the South or of Texas where we can become a basketball school, I am all okay with that. <laughs> Hell yeah. And one thing I want to you know, piggyback on what Gage said was the student body and, you know, building a fan base. I want to give a shout out to a new story organization that's coming up called Bobcat Crew. They are, you know, building up student fan base, building up traditions, themes at the games, you know, building up a presence. And I just want to give them a shout out because what they're doing is special here at Texas State. Yeah. And the thing is, like, this also needs to be transferred over to football because, yes, you know, the football team has not has has not had the success that we all have wanted wanted to have. But 
if you bring those traditions and you bring that same energy and you bring that loudness to a stadium like you would for a basketball game, that changes the players' perspectives too. They'll play harder because they're they have so many fans in the stands, and when they hear those chants, that'll get them fired up and ready to play even more than they already were. So, I think it's really just about the. It starts with the community more than anything. So, I know it's kind of easy to, you know, be upset and be negative about Texas State football and maybe some of the other things going around here, but it, you just got to try to keep a positive outlook and uh, just get out there and support. I mean, these these are our classmates really playing out there. So. Engaged to talk about some just some of those other sports we do here here at Texas State. Both the boys and golf t- um, girls golf team had their first invitation of this season. Unfortunately, they did fall the seventh, but obviously they have a long season ahead of them. And to just give a um, shout out to some of our uh, track athletes, uh, we have Sadie Giles who continued to improve on her season. Uh, she had a 24 record in the 200 mile. That was the second fastest of any Sunbelt Conference um, athlete so far. We also had Jaden Filming who jumped into top four in the women's 400, um, giving the Bobcats two student athletes within top 10 fastest 400 meters uh, with indie conference for student athletes also in distance running we have pedro lopez who had the fastest men's 800 time with a minute and 52 seconds and we also um you guys we have baseball season next starting next week baseball and softball season starting on the 18th though like we've been talking about here so far against this show we have a lot of um athletic programs going out and doing big things so check out the golf team check out the track and field team and check out the baseball and softball team next week yeah, and follow us on KTSW Sports if you want to stay updated with all of that stuff. Yes, you can listen to all those broadcasts here. All right. But, guys, we got to talk about – I mean, we, we I feel like this episode was very basketball-oriented. I feel like we have to keep it here because there were some big trades in the NBA trade deadline. Trade rumors. Trade deadline. I like it. <laughs> and the I, I love the trade deadline. It's always so much fun. And, you know, sometimes it's more smoke and mirrors than anything. But yesterday we saw some moves. I mean, it's something the NBA is really good at. Yeah, they always make trade deadlines and free agency a huge spectacle. Yep, and they do a great job of it. And I mean, yesterday was a perfect example. I mean, we'll start with the Sacramento Kings because I know I was under your skin a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I'm not even a Kings fan, but just watching that and and if you are a Kings fan, I'm really sorry if you're listening to this. I mean, I I don't mean to go in on your team like this, but I don't think you got to worry. Why do you trade Tyrese? I know, but (laughs) (laughs) why why do you trade Tyrese Halliburton? I think Tyrese Halliburton was the best young piece you have on your team, and you traded him for Sabonis. Who don't get me wrong, I think Sabonis is great. I think he's an I think he's a pro. Uh, I think he's an All Star. I think he's very good. He's gonna, he's a guy who's going to give you twenty points, ten rebounds, and a couple assists every night. But they, that's his ceiling. I mean, this is a team that their real goals are to win a championship. This doesn't move the needle. This might get them to the play in, but is that really what you want if you're a Kings fan? I don't, but it's it's definitely uh it was a unique and strange trade I would say because it doesn't move the needle at all it really doesn't Sabonis isn't a player that's gonna get you to a championship you know and Tyrese Halliburton's a good player that I thought they could have developed and you know see him get All Star level all that and it was just it was just crazy to see that that trade happen. Yeah, and I mean, I, th- I think a big part of it, too, is they're trying to save face on the Davion Mitchell pick from this last year's draft. I mean, they, they picked him really high, want him to be one of those guys, and I-, I like Davion Mitchell so far from what we've seen, but, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton had been putting on shows in Sacramento when there really wasn't much to cheer about. So, And he seemed like he was really dedicated to staying in Sacramento and actually changing the franchise, but they said, 
We'll see you later. And just to like echo both of you guys' sentiments, this trade, honestly, this was a trade amongst two bottom-rung teams in the NBA. They both are ranked 13th in respective conference. The Pacers have won um, 13 games this season. The Kings have won 20 games. Like you said, this team, this this trade really isn't going to improve their roster any uh, in by much. Um, we were talking before the uh, before the broadcast. With Marcus like Sacramento, and then we're going to get to Portland here real quickly, you have to build through the draft, and and you have to be able to, to like develop your players. And so now, like you just said, they just trade away their best player. You have no core to build around anymore. You brought in Dante Sabonis with DeMarcus, uh, with, uh, uh, DeMarcus Fox. Is over, uh, De'Aaron over Fox. There. De'Aaron yeah. Fox is still over there. And we were talking about how DeMarcus, uh, Deontay Sabonis, he, does just, he usually does pick and roll stuff. Fox isn't really good at that. You're, you didn't improve your team at all much. Uh, you're not really giving your coach anything to work with on the roster. So to me – you're just going to stay 13th. You're not really going to improve your roster much at all. Move the team to Seattle. Please, <laughs> please give that. Seattle another team. Oh, my God. I would love to see it. But just real quickly back on that trade, it's just, you know, there's there's no difference at all being made. And you're bringing in a guy to a whole new culture that you have to teach him everything. You have to teach him the whole playbook, the whole culture. He's coming from Indiana. It's just like, what are you doing? I mean, I love to see it. I love to see the trades. I love to see the big headlines. But what are you doing? Yeah, this you was know, not the trade to make. Another trade, another big trade that came back. It was the end of an era. Um, there probably is a higher chance that we have some Trailblazers fans listening than some Sacramento Kings fans. Um, obviously, the CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard era ended. That Honestly, their biggest achievement was getting – racked by the um, Golden State Warriors in that conference, Western Conference Championship that one year. Other than that, that was the highest they've ever, they reached together as a duo. So what, what does that, what does that do for their legacy? What, how do you look back on that time that they had and share together? Well, like you just said, Jordan, I mean, you look back at that Western Conference Finals and that's when a lot of Portland fans and I guess a lot of basketball fans in general kind of knew this, this is it for CJ and Dame. Like, this is the furthest they're going to get. The Western Conference is only going to keep getting tougher, and these guys are getting older and less money is on the roster. So the thing for me in this trade, for C.J. McCollum, who was traded yesterday to the Pelicans uh, in exchange for Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and I think a first-round pick, if yes. I'm not mistaken, um, it's not a bad trade. I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is an okay player. Josh Hart is, you know, he's a good role player, but – we were talking about C.J. McCollum being traded for Ben Simmons in the offseason. At the beginning of the season, we were talking about C.J. McCollum going for Ben Simmons. And Portland was stubborn. And Portland was stubborn. They wanted to hold on to him because, you know, they love him, the teammates love him, and they don't want to separate that. But when C.J.'s making that much money and... He's on a max deal. Yeah, he's on a max deal. And you haven't been able to win anything significant in years. This is it. Like, you just... I think some teams just need to move on from their players sooner rather than later because it kind of hurts them in the long term and one thing also cj has been dealing with a lot of injuries i mean that prolongs the success of a team you know you can't be successful with your stars being injured and they just waited way too long to to ship him out and giving him that max contract i think was a mistake because i mean he's he's all-star level at times but at some games he's not and it's just and guys if you guys can just allow me to go on a bit of a, a just a small little look the lakers we knew that <laughs> Russell Westbrook was not the guy. LeBron, GM LeBron James wanted to get Russell Westbrook. And now we're in a hole. We're, we're sitting right now. We're below the 500 mark right now. And the only possible trade we can make is will be the, with, with the Houston Rockets for John Wall. And the only reason they would trade that is because they want to dispose him off their team too. And we would just do be doing addition by subtraction. But I just wanted to say that as a Lakers fan, you, you know that crying frog meme? That's me yeah. every night, especially <laughs> yesterday when we got trounced by the 
uh, Milwaukee. And the thing is, Jordan, is that that's not going to end. The, like, the pain is going to continue into the season. They'll probably make the playoffs or maybe the play-in, and then they're going to lose. But that's okay because in the offseason, that's when things can start to get switched up a little bit. They've got a bunch of free agents, I think eight or nine unrestricted free agents after this season. So they can kind of rebuild, retool after this. And, I mean, we, we're seeing the weaknesses of this team. They don't have a good point guard. Russell Westbrook's erratic when he plays well. This team plays well, but that doesn't happen very often. So, I mean, you know the issues. Just tough it out this season. There's not really much you can do with the roster from here. Tough it out this season and work on it in the offseason. That's all you really can do. That is, as Lakers fans, that is all we can do is wait. But, John Carla, real quick, before we close the show. Real quick, I'm praying for Russell Westbrook. Lord have mercy. Hey. Give, give him a break. I mean, I. He's doing bad, but Lord, I I just want to see him back to the way he was. He's breaking layups. Yeah, I, I get that, and I mean, you know, at some point you got to be a little bit critical, but I feel like so many people are just so, like on him all the time, and it, it's not fair. I think Russell Westbrook's a good guy. Um, I mean, he's been a very good player in this league for so many years, former MVP too. So you know, give him some respect. Obviously, he's not playing very great. You may not, he might not be your favorite player right now, but I mean, that's kind of what it is. But yeah, and you look. Russell Westbrook is a good player, but you know what also is good that weather outside today in San Marcos. Oh, it is yeah. a sunny seventy-five with a possible high of seventy-two and a low of thirty-nine degrees. But that probably passed. It won't get here to, again till tonight. Uh, so we have a beautiful day, you guys. Enjoy it. Thank you for listening to this edition of Claus uh, Bobcat Radio. Not Claus of Good Lord, <laughs> that's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can listen to every Tuesday and Thursday on Spotify or wherever podcasts can be found. Hey, that was a nice plug. That was a nice plug. <laughs> well, before we end the show real quick, guys, I know a lot of people are listening right now. Probably want to hear our Super Bowl predictions. So let's get it real quick. Jordan, who do you think who do you think got the game on Sunday? I got the Rams. Rams, 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 Rams. Oh, man. Oh, you got Y'all shouldn't have said Sonsky. that. I'm going Joe Brr and the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Joe Shiesty. I mean, you call him whatever you want, but he's the franchise. He's the guy. I have faith that they'll find a way to pull it out. But that's going to be it for our time today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back on Friday with another episode of Bobcat Radio. Thank you all again. And now let's get you to the other side of radio.